Suzanne de Queso, the very classy Ellen Placey Waity. She's the program director and officer of arts and collections at the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation. The foundation recently expedited over $3 million in general operating funds to over 175 Chicago small arts organizations and has helped provide emergency funds to several libraries, collections, and institutions. Welcome to your space again here at the Queso Podcast. I welcome you to listen in, share your ideas, tell me about what is on your mind. How can we connect? How can we help each other? Thanks for joining me. for joining me today yeah of course can you tell me a little bit about yourself before we talk about the foundation sure um so uh my name is ellen Wadey. i'm lifelong chicago chicago area resident um i've been in the arts now for most of my career um, but i started on the nonprofit side so i've always been engaged with small arts organizations I was, um, I worked at Marwin, which is a visual arts organization, and then at the Guild Literary Complex, which is a literary organization, mm-hmm. and, you know, help raise money and run organizations and do all the ins and outs of tiny little shops. And then about six years ago, I came to the foundation and was interested in the work at Donnelly because they specific, the, this position specifically focused on small arts organizations with budgets under a million dollars, which is where I have spent my life working. So um, I'm a writer myself and, you know, try to find the time to keep doing that work. And, um, you know, other than that, just spend a lot of time being engaged with all the great art that happens in Chicago. That's what I wanted to ask you. What personal endeavors on your part um, in the artistic world? I'm sure it stems from your love of art. So it's writing that you... Uh, yep. What type um, of writing do you do? Um, well, I started out as a short story writer, but sometimes when you go into workshops and they don't have short story workshops, you find yourself working on a longer piece, which is what happened to me. I had no idea what I was doing. So I've been working on a novel for a while now. Um, and, you know, I wish I spent more time on that part of my life, but um, I always kind of look at it and, and I learned this from the boss I worked with at Marwin Antonia Contro that I try to see the work that I do with arts organizations as kind of my public art. And then the work that I do myself in my own interest is kind of my private art. So hopefully I'm, if I'm not able to spend enough time on one, I'm, I'm spending enough time on the other. Now the foundation keeps you pretty busy, but during COVID and all this, does it give you a little bit more time to do your personal writing? 
No, actually, we have been busier than ever because COVID hit the arts sector so hard and so fast. Um, many of the organizations that we work with, uh, you know, it was Friday the 13th, March 13th, and things started shutting down. And, you know, in particular, when people are trying to make a life in the arts and make that their profession, unfortunately, doing their artistic work often isn't enough to help them pay their bills. So they're doing other things. They do a lot of different gigs. And a lot of times those gigs are either in the hospitality sector or in the rideshare sector. So it wasn't just that it was the crisis of the organizations that weren't able to do their work, but then the artists that they work with often lost a lot of means of support almost instantaneously. So at the foundation, we've been doing as much as we can to mobilize our resources out. So we participated in the emergency relief fund that happened. We also expedited all of our grants so that we got money out the door. Normally we send out grant checks in July and November. We sent them all out in April and May. Um, so there's just been a lot of work. So aside from the emergency relief that you were able to offer during this hard time, what is the purpose of the foundation? So the Donnelly Foundation, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, we have three mission areas. It's artistic vitality. And up here in Chicago, that's organizations with budgets under a million dollars. Land conservation. And we have a small collections program as well. We also, we fund in Chicago, but we also fund in the low country of South Carolina. So it's those three areas. They look a little different, um, slightly different between the two regions, but that's really the work that we focus on. How did you end up focusing also in South Carolina? Just curious. Yeah, it's, it's you know, sometimes when it's a, a foundation that was started by a family, <clears throat> it's often based on the interests of the family. And, and when you put it in that frame, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Families have different interests in different things. Right. Um, the Donnelly family, starting in the 60s, uh, they bought some land down in the low country and they fell in love with it. So, um, and have been actually really instrumental in environmental issues down there. So that's where the land conservation comes in. That's where that comes in. But yeah. do you work at all with the forest preserves here in Illinois or anything like that? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of outside my area. There's somebody else on the team that watches that, but I, I, I listen enough to what happens. Um, we do. We work with the forest preserves, um, you know, and some of the land trusts in the area. It's, it looks a little different up here because it being an urban area, land conservation oftentimes can be about how to connect different pieces with each other versus, you know, just conserving a big swath of land, which is more what happens down in the low country. I find it really interesting because I did a five-year stint as senior editor and writer at Brookfield Zoo. Okay. I really got to dig deep into the conservation side of writing and exploring and, and the other nonprofit organizations that are working together to, you know, just create spaces for um, pollination and just like cleanup efforts and things like that and really getting people from the city to explore more you know, the, the country, the country that we have here or the, the <laughs> forest, you know, just natural life. And I found it really rewarding to see groups of young people going out to, you know, tear out invasive species and learn sure. about these things. Um, and I think that's really great how you integrate that with art. Well, and it's, you know, in terms of our mission areas, it's a real focus on, you know, what, uh, what, 
impacts the quality of our lives. You know, creative expression, um, obviously our environment impacts the quality of our life. And then with collections, you know, that has a lot to do with the narrative of humanity, both for its pluses and its minuses, and having places where that record is kept so that people can reflect back on it. And I feel like we, do, we, we need arts, you know, it's sometimes hard to convince people who are just trying to make it through the day, trying to make it through the month to pay rent and all that. Um, how do we go about convincing people who maybe don't have time to literally stop and smell the roses to stop and appreciate art? How do we, you know, how do you approach that? Well, one of the things um, is that oftentimes people don't realize how much art already impacts them. You know, if you look at what art creates, you know, if you, uh, if you stream videos, if you listen to music, if you go to movies, um, you know, if you, uh, some folks extend it out to the culinary arts, if you enjoy going to restaurants, you know, these are all things that, you know, I think at times people might perceive them as, as you were saying, because of the, the grind of the day to day that they might seem like extras, but you know, the way I think of it, and I think it's become even more present of mind for me recently, is that um, we, the arts are the place often where the issues of our time are wrestled with, like as they're happening. So that's an important platform and an important place to be. But the other thing they also do is they bring us joy and they bring us respite. And particularly during different, very difficult times, yeah, we have to be engaged with those issues and we have to make those changes. But you need a moment to just recharge. You need to remember that there are beautiful things in the world. And so art has that really important dual focus of both engaging us with the challenges, but also giving us some balm for um, the harshness that we have to face. That's a really nice way to put it, some balm for the the shapiness of this world. <laughs> but Particularly these days, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much going on and, you know, it's we, we want people to try to see the positive side. So what is the foundation doing to support artists who are trying to relay these messages to, to maybe communities that are not always exposed to the arts? Yeah, we, um, we're doing a lot of work with the organizations, and that's one of the reasons why we focus on organizations is because we see them as the anchors in neighborhoods. I know myself from when I was leading a small arts organization that there might be other kind of pop-up efforts that would happen, and they were, they were amazing and wonderful, and I participated in them, but sometimes they would go away. It's these small arts organizations that are that constant. They're the place where artists can land and can engage with other people, can create work. And, um, you know, these days, a lot of what the arts organizations are doing is one, they're responding to their communities. Again, many of the small arts organizations that we work with, they're out in neighborhoods. So they're being responsive to their communities. And in some instances, if they can't produce work, they're doing other stuff. So for example, like Free Street Theater, has a place in back of the yards called the Storyfront, and that's turned into a community pantry where they're offering supplies to people. Similarly, Trickster Gallery out in Schomburg has started delivering goods to veterans and Native American population because they that those populations seem to be falling through the cracks. So that's one thing arts organizations, because it's about storytelling, because it's about people, because it's about engaging, um, they're very committed to their communities. 
The other thing that they're doing right now um, as organizations is just helping to support the artists. Um, this is a very frightening time right now um, for a lot of folks. And so they are, you know, continuing to engage with them, continuing to support them, both in terms of, you know, finding ways that they can get gigs for them, whether it's on virtual platforms, um, but also just in terms of that sense of community, staying connected with folks, because I think right now that's the thing everybody is craving so much when we can't be with each other, that's the thing that we want. And so they're really trying to make sure that, that people don't feel disconnected. So does the foundation help an artist or an organization go through the whole grant writing process, um, maybe informing them of any available grants? We have, well, we have an open process. So anyone who wants to apply, it's not, uh, we don't do a thing where it's only if we invite you, anyone can apply. And at, we go out and meet organizations regularly. So yeah, if folks are, we've tried to work really hard to make our applications super streamlined and pretty direct. We have this philosophy that we ask what we need to know and not what we think would be nice to know. Um, those nice to know questions can get you to a point where you're you know, filling out a 20 page application where ours is, is, I think it's like three pages and most of it is just fill in the blanks information. But, you know, in particular for some organizations, they don't have a lot of experience with grant writing or they don't have the human resources. So, you know, we try to be very collaborative about that and help folks and, and help them with any questions that they have. We have a very open door policy. Is there any ever any grant money that goes not claimed or not used or you're just like, oh, I wish more organizations would apply because there's just grant money sitting here? No, we, you know, we're, so we, we try to, you know, that's one of our goals. That's our thing is we try to crank as much money out the door as we possibly can. So right now with the Chicago arts program, we fund 175 organizations in the metro area. So that's a lot of folks. It's not everybody though. And unfortunately we, we do still run out of money. We have more applications than we have money to give away. Um, but we are always open to new voices and new organizations because we have that cap at a million dollars on a fairly regular basis. Organizations might grow over that and there are other foundations in town that support them. And that gives us the ability to be, be able to take on some new folks as well. How much of your programming would you say is like on the south side of Chicago, maybe on the north side? Do you, can you break it down that way at all? Um, I don't have percentages on that. I will say we're not unusual for other foundations. Um, we just instituted something new within the last year, which is being open to organizations that are fiscally sponsored. So that is specifically so that we can start making more and stronger connections on the south and the west side. Um, there is a like density of nonprofit organizations on the north side. Um, and so I would say, you know, again, like other foundations are the largest percentages on the north side, but um, we are working on and continue to grow our connections with the south and the west side. So what would be like a typical organization you will work, work with? Uh, what is it that they're doing in the community? Uh, wow, that's typical is kind of a hard thing to answer because they're all a little bit different from one another. So, you know, I can think of, I'm kind of looking over the list. So if I'm looking at somebody like Urban Theater Company, they're in Humboldt Park. Um, they're a new, they, we just awarded them uh, a first grant from us. And, you know, they're very 
um, geographically based. It is very much about the community of Humboldt Park and they do some great stuff. Um, first off, the work that they produce is amazing, but they also look at how do they, as a theater company, be a good neighbor within their community. So they you know, might host a brunch at a local restaurant before people come to the theater. They're always surfacing issues about the concerns of the community. So, you know, that might be one of very, um, you know, kind of coming at it from a, a different perspective. If urban theater is very committed to kind of the local community, there's another organization um, that's new. We just gave a first grant to Water People Theater. Yeah. And they're very small, but their, their concern is about global human rights issues. So their work is very much about that and bringing that to the fore so that people understand not only what's happening here in Chicago, the United States, but what's happening around the world. So, you know, it can run the gamut from talking about world issues to all the way down to the hyperlocal. I see. Yeah. And I think I wrote a review. I think it was Free Street Theater where they had this one uh, uh, production last year where they literally took people through a pilgrimage through Pomelo Park. Oh, that's Theater Y. Well, that was Theater Y, yes, yes. I actually did a review for uh, Windy City Times about the production, and yeah. it was really great. So that that makes sense. You know, it's a type of uh, community, uh, you know, presentation where people can feel and see them and are impacted by the work that they do. Yeah, the Theater Y, I was on that one, and um, I actually had just gotten over having a broken foot, so kind of traipsing through the community. <laughs> I was just making sure that um, I was staying on uh, terra firma. But, you know, that was trying to create a community experience through the journey right. so that you started, you walked, um, part of it was on the 606, part of it was in Humboldt Park, and then it ended with a meal. And, you know, it's, um, there, are, there are a number of theaters who have kind of come at that, that it's, it's about the issues on the stage, it's about the neighborhood that you're in, but it's also when you bring people together, like what kind of work can you do with them to make better connections with the idea that if we know each other better, that hopefully we'll do better. Have you um, had to review any grant proposals for anything having to do with like the Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that, the social issues that we're facing these days? Yeah, we have a number of theaters that we support. Um, Congo Square has been for a long time, been a very active member uh, uh, in terms of bringing profile to black communities and black voices. Um, we also support ETA Creative Arts, which is down on the south side. And again, um, you know, oftentimes the, the theaters are not only producing work in a particular space, but they are so integrated with the community that they offer other services as well. As well. It might be a place where like, um, you know, the, the local youth group might have their meetings or, you know, the, the local community, you know, any of the community members might come and have meetings. So, yeah, we've been, um, you know, again, it's one of those things we're very cognizant of the disparities that are evident in our society and in our city. And so we're always reaching out, trying to find new groups to us, not necessarily new groups to Chicago, that we can bring into the Donnelly family so that we can help them. You know, one of our things that we do is really try to help groups be more operationally stable okay. because 
if they have strong operations, then, then they're able to make the kind of work that they want to make. You know, they can reach their full creative dreams. And have that longevity that you were talking about and not just be gone one day. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really great that um, artists have this opportunity. Like, what would you say to just like an independent artist out there? Well, for one, I think, um, you know, independent artists are folks who I think they do what they do because it's the way they walk through the world. It's the way they understand things and process them. And there's lots of forces out there that will say it's not practical or it's going to be a tough life. And I think that if you do what you love, um, it, it definitely is a hustle. There's no doubt about that. It's not necessarily the easiest way, but artists are visionaries. Artists are the folks, you know, I've said this to a lot of the arts leaders that we work with right now. Artists are always the people I count on to lead us forward because they can see what we can't see ourselves yet. And so, yeah, and I, I put it down so, in such a way where people can understand it regardless of what language. Yep. Yeah, or origin. Yep. So, you know, it's, um, I think there are a lot of folks right now who are kind of questioning choosing the artist lifestyle just because of how fragile their economic lives have been. And um, the thing I would say is, please just continue to, the, to do the work that you do. And those of us who are on the, the other side will try to do the work that we can do the best we can to, to keep giving you resources to do that because if anything, you're needed now more than ever. Right, now you say you're on the other side, but don't forget, you're also an artist yourself. I am, I so. keep doing that. I have two hats. I have my, my, my feet in two worlds, yeah. <laughs> so uh, would you discuss at all what you're writing about? Would, would you even venture there with me? Yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I have not come up with a good, you know, kind of 30 second blurb on it, but it's a, the novel is a journey novel and it's about a woman uh, whose husband has mental health issues and um, he takes off and she takes off after him. And over the course of going across this landscape, there's a lot of um, questioning about all of the things that women question, motherhood, independence, um, you know, kind of in a way it's over the course of the journey, it's how, I keep saying, how deep into the crazy are you willing to go? Mm, I see. For what you want or for fighting for what you want or that's yours. Fighting for what you want. And then also in terms of those outside forces that try to disrupt you. Yeah. How were you inspired? Um, you know, I, I started out um, just thinking about what would the scariest thing be that could happen? Um, and I just kind of started from there. I think that's always a good place to make work, like mm -hmm. whether it's a, a, an issue that you're grappling with or a particular experience, you know, instead of avoiding it, if you go head on into it and say, what would be the worst thing that could happen? And then use your work to kind of explore that. And of course this was before March 13th. Yes. <laughs> Right. So much since then, which I'm yeah. sure has been, you know, a place to find more inspiration of the other things that could go wrong in the midst of all that. I think that's really inspiring to know that you are, um, you know, you were the foundation, but you have that artistic mind 
so you understand these organizations and these artists that work with them, it makes a big difference, I think, when, when you love and you have passion for the work. Yeah, I agree. And I will say it's true of a lot of the folks who are working for foundations that fund in the arts. Um, most everybody I know either has a deep love for or has been in the work themselves for a long time. And um, it's really one of the reasons why this position when it became open at Donnelly was interesting to me because um, I was perfectly happy, though, you know, oftentimes broke, um, being out in the field doing work. And they were looking for somebody who had experience of small groups. So was had the experience of that, uh, the angst of getting that project done while you're still trying to live life. And, and you yeah. know what that's like. Yeah, submitting the grant at 11.59 and hoping that it goes through before it turns midnight, yep. You know, and you're right, you know, grant writing is, is, a, is a skill. So it is. you say that you make yours very streamlined, and I heard you say it's a lot of it's like fill in the blank type of thing. Uh, is there still like a long process in some of this grant writing, though? Is it? Um, I mean, you know, different uh, the it, when there's a saying like when you've met one foundation, you've met one foundation. They're all a little bit different from each other, even though um, we can look kind of like each other. So for us, our approach is we don't want folks to feel like everything lives and dies with the written application. So that's why we're asking for kind of a condensed, a snapshot of the organization. But we talk with every group that applies. Um, beyond that, with the organizations that we support, we talk with everybody every year. You know, we really believe in the personal connection. And so for us, that's our process. You know, it, 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 um, for other places, they rely more heavily on the written word and maybe will not have as much face time. It, it's all different. What are the ranges of grants? So our smallest grant is $2,500. And our largest, we, we do not give the largest grants in town. Our largest grant is 13500 We base it on the size of the organization's budget. But again, we fund all the way down to the smallest of the small organizations because mm -hmm. um, there's some folks in town that might have a bottom threshold for budget size. I think our smallest organization has a budget of about $8,000. It's very small. So you have something coming up in September, a grant yeah. writing opportunity, a grant opportunity? Uh, no, we just closed our grant opportunity on July 31st. <laughs> <laughs> I must have read something. There was some an announcement that I thought. That oh, in September, um, there is an announcement. At, uh, at this point, it might end up being in October, and that'll be for next spring, is we are announcing our new collection strategy. I see. Which, um, you know, as I said, we have a, in the world of collections, it's a fairly modest-sized program. But um, when we were looking at it, we we wanted to make it more effective. So we are going to kind of shift from a focus on, most collections programs focus on objects, you know, how you take care of them, how you document them, how you catalog them, all those kind of things. And we are shifting it to narrative, which we feel still includes objects and right. other things. Um, and our lens is gonna be broadening narratives. So we're specifically looking at, whether it's looking backwards and seeing like who, whose story has not been told completely, or whose story has been left out of the record, and then looking forward, uh, who gets to tell the story? And um, that, that's, that's, it seems like a bigger 
a panorama of the work versus a snapshot, if that's how I'm understanding it. Yeah, you know, often with collections funding, it can be, and, and I will say this is starting to, to change in the collections field, but a lot of it before was about the processes, you know, how you pro how things come into a collection, what happens when they get there, that kind of stuff, where now we're really focusing on the stories. Oh, that's great. I love that. And since I've learned about your uh, foundation, I've actually sent it to some artist friends. <laughs> like, great. you guys need to look at this. Um, I think exactly. it's really important. And I'm hoping that's what this interview does. It makes more people aware of the different resources that are out there. Maybe even just, um, you know, being part of some of those organizations or foundations that you are already supporting as an independent artist, it might be smart to start there and, you know, be a part of a bigger collaborative as so as to get out there. Yeah. It's, it's one of the reasons why, and I was, I ended up ultimately being director of the organization, but that's why, uh, how I started at the guild complex is I was just a writer in town and I was, looking for other people to talk with. I was looking to learn about other people's work and there was this organization that was there that, that allowed me to make those connections and ultimately became a home for me. You know, I, I did the same thing. I lived in Detroit for about 12 years. And when I came to Chicago, I was just like bursting at the seams. Like I need to find people. I know there are people. And I found myself reading poetry at La Bruquena down <laughs> down there and, on sure. the and I was just like yeah this is great it's exactly what I was looking for like these are my people um, and just seeing all the other you know creatives in the city and the different points of view and just the voices are so strong absolutely so valuable so yeah it can be lonely sometimes so you, you just you need to make connections with other folks and understand that um, I think we all support each other in in reaffirming our value Right, right. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head because that's exactly how it feels when you're, you're writing at home, but when you come together and you're a little shy about stepping up to the mic, but then you just feel very embraced by the community. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, and, and you know, some of these artists, they, you know, they blow my mind because you think, oh, I've seen everything. I've seen so much. No, like once you start getting in groups with artists and writers, you just, see so much talent and um yeah it's amazing and you know even if uh you've heard somebody do a piece before or you've gone to a play that you've you've seen somebody else produce it it's just the the mix of that night those voices the people in the audience there's always something to learn yes always um you know and i i'm i'm really excited that there's this resource for organizations and, and I like that it's smaller funding because I think sometimes some organizations might dream of, you know, of something and they're like, Oh, it's unreachable. You have to be huge. And, you know, you just told me one of your found, one of your found organizations is like an $8,000 budget, which is that's, that's dual. Modest. Yeah, <laughs> that's modest. And so it gives you hope. It gives you hope that there's someone willing to support your work and, what you know what we're doing in the community i'm excited to see what is going to come from everything we're living through right now i mean i just i know there's just so much work being produced right now that we haven't even seen yes know? and yes. I, i'm excited to see what that's going to look like 
Yeah, and I'm hearing from folks, you know, it is a it is a mix of things. It is, as I said before, it's both the confronting the issues of our time, and then there are also some folks who are trying to work on those pieces that um, remind us that there is joy and there is beauty and and uplifting and celebrating voices. Um, so I think I think we're going to see a lot of work come out that's going to be really rich. Yes, yes. Well, if, is there anything else you'd like to share? with our audience about your work and the foundation or any kind of uh, invitation for organizations out there? Yeah, I would, you know, for one thing I would say we're really easy to find, you know, it's gddf.org. So we're online. Um, our information on how to get in touch with me, my email address is up there. So emails come to me. Um, I would say I pick up my phone, but because we're all working remotely, it's a phone that's down in an office, but I check it and, um, and I, the other thing I would just say about our funding, and this is one of the ways that we're advocating, is we give general operating money. So that means that you get to put the money where you need to put the money. If it's to pay people, pay people. If you need to pay the light bill, pay the light bill. And that's one of the things that we're hoping to continue to work with our colleagues, that it, it not just be money for specific projects, but to really invest in organizations over time. I love that. I love that because that ensures more will stay afloat and stay around. People start depending on a place, on a, on a symbol of hope. And then if it's gone the next day, you know, people really, you know, take a few steps back. Uh, but I'm really glad to hear that because yes, there are a lot of grants out there that if you don't use the money a certain way, then you can't right. use it. Yeah. And there's a lot of red tape so involved, but you need to go through those first years of, establishing yourself yeah it's you know with with um with any of the funding that goes out there i think the intention is good but you know sometimes if if an organization is very early in its career you have to expect that they're still finding their voice and that's fine because you always want new voices right well thank you so much for being with me today and i really appreciate it thank you so much for inviting me Yes, and I, I can't wait to read your work. You can't take that much longer. <laughs> you have to get into it. Your, your work is important too. It is, and I appreciate you saying that. That's that's very generous. And I, and I get you, you know, sometimes put ourselves in the back burner, but we have to remember the reason we're doing what we're doing is because we have that passion. Yep, yep, you are absolutely right. And, and the way people will know about your passion one day is when they crack open that book, <laughs> they say, now I know why she did this or that. You know, it's just, it's amazing. It's a gift. So congratulations on your work. Yes. Well, thank you. And, you know, that's, that's, this is all important too. We got to keep reminding each other to keep, keep doing the work that, that helps us understand the world and, and helps us understand ourselves. And since we're both in Chicago, I hope to see you in person after all this blows over. Me too. And we'll meet up in person. And till then, we'll see you soon. And please stay in touch. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.